0: Here we're, we're doing, uh, we're not doing baby dedication this time, we're doing child ded- dedication, okay? So, we're gonna have some babies we're dedicating, and we're we're having, um, we're gonna have ded- dedicate some children, okay? And we'll, we'll explain that more. Um, you, you know, if, uh, here's why if you have a, a baby that didn't get baby dedicated as a baby, and the parents want to dedicate them when they're a little older, that's absolutely fine, better late than never, right? Be- better than And so if there's somebody, I see some heads turning. So if there's somebody else that wants to be dedicated, that you know of, that would want to be dedicated, have them get in touch with me in the next day or two, and we'll line that up for Sunday. We have five couples right now. We're going to be lined up all the way across the front here Sunday morning. It's going to be awesome. But the message is going to be geared toward parenting, committing your children, giving them back to the Lord. And uh, so that'll be the, 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 the message Sunday. So maybe if you're past parenting, you can amen. And you can get something and, and, and pass it on to your, your children or grandchildren or friends. Brent? Did, did you tell them how, how when you hold them by their leg and you dunk them in the water like that up there? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do the. Aaron was joking about that too. And I said, well, I, I do the. Um, how many of you have seen Nacho Libre? Seen y'all, y'all, have a, y'all, have, y'all are smarter than me it's great movie it's a stupid movie it's this it's stupid comedy but it's funny but he he goes have you not been baptized he takes a bowl of water and he slams a guy's face in the water so it's worth it just for that scene it's good it's good now we won't be baptizing any children uh we don't do infant baptism we don't we don't practice that we don't believe in that We, we know what that's about this is about parents dedication and commitment to the lord and uh dedicating themselves to the Lord so they can raise their children up so the children will come to a saving faith. That's the prayer. So be here and support them on Sunday. All right, chapter 22, Revelation 22. We going to, we're going to finish up tonight and then uh, next week we'll do kind of a review. I don't know, I may bring in the the whiteboard. I was thinking this afternoon, I think what I'll do next week is bring the whiteboard in and we're going to draw it out. We'll just kind of put a timeline on it and and do a big picture of... of, of the timeline of what we've been studying for the last year plus and talk through that let you guys put some put some you guys are going to teach it you guys and tell me where things go and what's here and all that and we'll, we'll walk through that together and just kind of review where we're at listen as we finish up this book I, I hope that this is a great book amen yes. it's a great book it's a great subject it's a great it's exciting it's all that but it points to our great savior this, this book is about the revelation of Jesus Christ. And the, and the more I've studied it, and, and you know, I, I, I'm like, at some point, I want to teach it again because there's, there's so much in here that you can dig out deeper and deeper and deeper. But it's just more of the revelation, the revealing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's what the book's about. And we think it's about these end times things. That's the backdrop, you know. It's like every movie, there's something going on in a movie, but the movie's about this interpersonal thing, this person, that relationship, whatever. This is all about the Lord. All that other stuff is the backdrop. It's all about our Savior. It's all about the Lord God Almighty. It's all about about God. And And we want it so much to be about us sometimes. This is so about us. I mean, you know, it's the American way. Where's America in here? you know, where are we in here? I don't know. We could, we'd be, be a part of the beast for all I know for that whole world system. I mean, have, have you looked at what our government's involved with? I, I, I don't, I don't, Yeah, I don't feel so great about our American government and the way uh, where we are as a country right now. Um, it's, a, it's, there's a lot of wickedness and sickness that's going on and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And it's, uh, all right, so let's, let's work through this. I, I, a really simple outline tonight, so I think we can get done. Uh, first thing, this would be number four. If you have your notes from last week carrying on, we'll be looking at number four. It's the new paradise, chapter 22, verses 1 through 5. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, flowing with water of life, the, the, the living water. It's flowing there. It's Clear as crystal proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of its street, here it is again, the singular. You know, we always, talk, we always talk about the streets of gold, walking on the streets of gold. I don't know, it's like somebody said last week. Those The street may be, the one street may be very windy or whatever, but it's a street. It's a street. So in the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits. Now, that sounds like the tree of life, like there's one tree when you read that. It sounds singular. It's, there's just one tree there. But if you read this, I think there's, uh, you find there's, there's much more going on here. So in the midst of its street. So in the midst of the street, I almost have a picture of like a, 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 a four-lane road. You've got two lanes here and two lanes here. And in the middle, you've got the median, They're growing trees. and stuff. That's what I have a picture of. So we have the, 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 the tree of life is growing in the middle of the road there, of the street. Uh, there. And, and uh, on, so it's in the middle of the street and on either side of the river. So the river that's flowing there with, with water of life, this, this living water, and on either side of the river, we find the tree of life is growing. Okay, So I almost have a picture, those who were in Israel, I always have a, a, a mental picture when we're driving south, uh, going toward the Dead Sea, Remember all the groves of the palm trees? I mean, we're out in the... We're, we're there in the desert or whatever, and there's just unbelievable these huge groves of palms that are growing there and all kind of different vegetation. And that's almost what I see here is... You know, I, I can remember as a kid reading this, and I think there's one, the one tree, this one tree there. I don't think it's one tree. It seems, seems to me there's groves of trees, and, and they're growing there, and they're growing on the, either side of the river. They're growing in the middle of the street there. And each tree... Yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree w- were for the healing of the lands. So I have a question for you. You've read this. You, you, maybe you've studied this out. Um, what's your thought on this the, in each tree, uh, each tree yielding its fruit every month? The, the tree which bore 12 fruits. I don't know if I read that. Which bore 12 fruits. So there's 12 fruits that the tree yields. What's your thoughts on that? Is it, is it one fruit a month? Or is it twelve fruits every month? Maybe it's twelve trees all spiraled in together in one from either side of the road. Okay. Each shielding its own fruit. Anybody got a thought? Other? That's good? Yes, ma'am, Miss Linda? Plenty of fruit. I guess my question is, there's 12, it bears 12 fruits. So does it bear apples in January, oranges in February, and nectarines in March, apricots in, in April? Is there, is there time in heaven? I'm about to say, man, is, there is, there, is there time in heaven? Uh, it just says every month, so there must be some type of... He's talking about... That's a great question right there. You know, we think time's done away with because that's part of our creation, except that's, this is a picture there of heaven. So that's an interesting, that's a great question. Let's talk about more trees because it says each tree yielding its fruit. Yep. So there's more than one tree. So it's not certain trees that this one produces. It says each one producing its, its fruit every month. So they're putting out every month. So we have, I mean, some of the worst azaleas. Beautiful when they bloom. And for 11 months and three weeks of the year, they are ugly. <laughs> In Georgia, we had Bradford pears. You ever seen Bradford pear? Beautiful when they bloom. White for about three days. And if you get a strong breeze at all, they're gone. It's, it's nothing. And then it's just a, it's just a, a, a tree. So... There's a lot of, but then we have things down here. Some things that bloom, and it seems like they just bloom and bloom and bloom. It's great. So every month, it's it's putting forth its fruit. But y'all getting my question right? Is it every month it's a different fruit, or it produces twelve fruits every month? Does it produce all twelve fruits? Think we are thinking too earthly, like humanly, that's what we're used to. But this is heaven. I mean, it is heaven. I mean, Well, it's more than one tree, though. We know that from the Scripture. It says each one. It says, it says each one, each tree, which would indicate, when it says each tree, it indicates there's more than one tree. It's not just one tree. I'm going to view the right version. I'm in the New King James. That's what I preach and teach from. Okay, so you got a tree of life on that side of the river and you got a tree of life on that side of the river. Right. Okay. Again, now I'm thinking, I am, okay, I'm guilty, Trish. Guilty. I'm thinking with an earthly mind because I don't have a heavenly mind. I I am thinking that way. But I'm trying to see it. John is writing what he sees, what's, what's being shown to him. What he can understand. What he can understand, right. So, I mean, it's not, I'm not like, we're not in a theological debate on whether we're going to get to heaven on what, what fruit's on the tree. It's just, I thought it would be an interesting conversation. Todd, have you ever studied that? You ever thought about that? I, you know, I think back the tree, the tree of life comes from the garden. It was a tree in the garden that had a fruit. So I think it's a tree with a fruit, but it produces fruit every month. It's a continuous... Same fruit or different fruit, a different fruit each month? Just it the same fruit. I'll tell you why I think it's... All the fruit. I think it's all 12 that is produced in each month. Because for a Christian, the fruit of the Spirit is not, it's not the fruits of the Spirit. You don't get one, and then you get another, and then you get another. It's not a hierarchy of, of, of fruit there in our lives. We, we, produce, we should be producing all the fruit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And it's all of those things. And that's, just, that's my thought on that. That's just, that's just, that's where I'm at with that. But I mean, I'm trying to see what's there. We're just trying to get an idea right. I mean, listen, if there's one tree, if that's it, one tree, I have no problem with that. I have zero problem with that. If there's orchards of trees, as, as, as I read that, it seems to me like they're lining both sides of the river. It's in the midst of the road. I don't see how one tree, now again, it's heaven. God can, maybe it's a different... Maybe the road flows right through the river, too. I don't know. So there's a lot of things there. Okay. Um, Just interesting thought there. Verse 2. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him. They shall see His face, and His name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. We've, we've already read this. There shall be no night there. They need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. So in this new creation, God reverses all the tragedies that sin brought to the original creation. The old heaven and earth were plunged into judgment. This new heaven and earth glistened with perfection. Um, Eden had an earthly river, but here we have a wonderful heavenly river. It's a It's a... It's a heavenly river flowing through there. The tree of life in Eden was guarded after man's sin, but here the heavenly tree of life is available to God's people. The curse was pronounced in Genesis 3, but now there is no more curse. Isn't it it interesting? You read the whole book, and we see the, the, the red thread that runs through the entire book. We go all the way back to Genesis 3. We see the fall. We see the curse. And we go all the way here to Genesis 22, and we see the curse is removed. Uh, Adam and Eve were forced to leave the original paradise and labor for their daily bread. But here men serve God and see His face in perfect fellowship. Uh, when Adam and Eve sinned, they became slaves and lost their kingship. But verse 5 indicates that this kingship will be regained and we shall reign with Christ forever. Amen. Uh, the, perfect, the, I'm sorry, the present creation is not God's final pro, uh, product. So what we see today is not what, again, you're right. Trish, it, a great point, because it, 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 it's going to be different. We've already talked about there's going to be no no sea. The new earth will have no sea. No, no. I would assume no mountains. It's going to be it's going to be what it was originally. It's going to be taken back to that perfect form. There won't be a sun. Won't need a sun. So the earth must be flat then, so that so that the. So that the light coming out of the new Jerusalem can light the whole world. Otherwise, it would be dark on the... No, I'm being silly. I don't, don't take that serious at all. Ever. Um, the whole universe is flat. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, it will be changed. It will be different. It could, who knows? It could be. Only God knows. Uh, so the, fi- the, the, the present creation is not God's final product. Look, the creation today, it's groaning and travailing under the bondage of sin. You go to Romans chapter 8, verse 21, says this, "...as because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption to the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also, uh, who uh, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption... The redemption of our body. Look, all of creation—that's us. Everything. We're, we're, we're. Are you not? You know? Can you not feel it? We, our bodies are groaning. Our body is like, ah, oh, this sin. We we feel the effects of it. Howard, do you feel the effects of sin? Absolutely. He feels the effects of it. You know, you get up, you get up in the morning, and you go to, you know, oh, <clears throat> and you stand up, and your knees pop, and. And, uh, you know, you walked upstairs yesterday, and now your hamstrings are sore. You know, I walked up four stairs, and my hamstrings sore. So um, our body is groaning, but this earth is, is groaning. This earth is, man, ready for the Lord to come back. And we, we see it, and we're seeing it. I don't, I don't I'm do going to research the numbers. Some of you may have, but if you, if you ever look at the frequency, and I did do research this back a while back with, like, tsunamis, the frequency of tsunamis, it was unbelievable the increase of that up until, you know, I think we had, we probably had a few in the last few years. But there was a, there was the frequency of those that had gone through the roof there in the early 2000s. Earthquakes, a lot of earthquakes. You know, and I'm not into this, it's global warming. No, I, I think it's into Jesus is coming back Amen. and its birth pains. This earth, is, this earth is groaning and anticipating and moaning, ready for the Lord's return. Um, so, you know, one day God's going to usher in His new creation, and we'll enjoy perfect liberty and the fullness of life forever. Amen. It's going to be good. All right, so the, uh, number five, let's see what do we have. Yeah, so this last one's a little longer. I'm going to read. I'm going to read the rest of the chapter, starting in verse 6 through the rest of the chapter. Then He said to me, these words are faithful and true, and the Lord God of the Holy Prophet sent His angel to show His servants the things which must shortly take place. Behold, I am coming quickly. Behold, uh, blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Now I, John, saw and heard these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things, then he said to me, "'See that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren the prophets, and of those who keep the, the words of this book, worship God.' And he said to me, "'Do not seal the words of, of, of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He who is, uh, he who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he who is holy.'" Let him be holy still. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his works. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates of the city. What an incredible... Can you imagine imagine drinking? Some of us, we knelt down and drank at the... uh, at the pool there where Gideon, Gideon Spring, we, we knelt down there and drank some water from Gideon Spring. That was, what's it? It's Herod's Pool. That, and, and so at that place, we, we, we drank some water there. That was pretty cool. Can you imagine drinking from the river that is flowing with the water of life? Can you imagine eating of the fruit of the tree of life? Can you imagine walking through the gates? Blessed are those who do His commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates of the city. Now, what a blessing that is. Blessed truly. And I thought about it with that verse right there. Blessed are those who do His commandments. John 14, 15 says, If you love me, keep my commandments. You know, it starts with our love, folks. It starts with the love we have for God. And, and if we love God, then we'll keep His commandments. I was talking with the kids Monday at Bible Club and I, and I said, you know, um, what, does it, what does it say when your mom or your dad tell you to do something and you don't do it? What does it say about what you think of them? And it was amazing the kids' answers. I mean, those, these are elementary age kids. They get it. They get it that when, when mom or dad tells them something and they just disobey it. Mom says do this, you don't do it. Mom said don't do that, and you do it anyway. Um, they understood that it was disrespectful. It, it basically said you don't you don't really you don't think you don't think very highly of your parents. That's what it looks like. They get that. You know that's what we do in life. We're talking about God Almighty. And if we and if we really really love the Lord, it should not be a burden for us to obey His commandments. We to desire to do that. Even, even in the area, I would say, of, of questionable things. I think sometimes we get in these arguments about things. People go, oh no, I think Scripture says this is okay. Well, it might be. It might be, but man, it's questionable because you can look at a whole lot of verses that say it's not whole lot of verses that you really got to go find something real hard to make that okay. And yet we want to embrace what we want to embrace. And it comes back to, it comes back to folks, if we're not obeying the Lord, it comes back to, I want to do what I want to do. Does it not? That's what it comes back to. And so blessed are those who do His commandments. And if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And so it goes back. I think, you know, if we want to say, I love the Lord, but I have a problem with doing what he wants me to do, there's a problem I love. I love my wife. You know, pre- preacher, I love my wife, but, but I just got a hard time not looking at other girls. Well, how much do you really love your wife? Honor your wife. Amen? I mean, but, but beyond our wives, our husbands, our wives, it's our God who died for us. The, the, the very least we can do is live our lives for Him as a living sacrifice. That's the very least that we can do is to live our lives for Him. Verse 15 But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. The Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him who hears come. Uh, hear, let him who hears say, Come, and let him who thirst come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. Verse 20, he who testifies to these these things says, surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. Now, three times here at the close of this book, Christ says, I am coming quickly. And the word quickly, it suggests... Not just like in it, 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 quickly as in it's happening in in a real quick manner. It, it really there's a suggestion here of, of swiftly or the idea meaning this that once these events start to occur, there won't be any delay, and so it's it's gonna be it will be swiftly when when these things begin. And uh, what's next, folks? What are we waiting on? With a rapture. rapture. That's it. Yeah, That's right. It's and, and that is imminent. And once that happens, I believe that that really starts. And we talked about this. We de- debated about this. And I think there's, I I, I I can say anybody's wrong because we don't know from the rapture when the seven years actually start. I tend to think it's really, really close there. I can't imagine there's 10 years in there, but there could be. I can't imagine. Uh, I don't see that. I don't personally see that. But I, I wouldn't, I, again, I'm not going to argue against it. I'm not going to be here, okay? I'm going out. I'm going out with the rapture. Somebody else can let me know whether it's seven years or ten years, okay? So hopefully nobody here is going to be here for that, all right? Uh, but once these things start, it's going to be quick. It's going to move in rapid succession. These things are going to move. There's not going to be any delay. And, and that time of God's grace, God's still going to be gracious. He's still going to have people, are still going to have opportunity to be saved but it, it's a different time. We're going to go from this church age, time of, of God's grace, to a time of judgment. And I, I'm I'm praising God, and I pray pray that I am right, that I am that we are a pre-trib, uh, rapture. Because I, I don't want to be here. I believe it's true. I believe with all my heart. But I hope I'm not wrong. <laughs> That's what I believe so too. You'd be amazed how many people don't though. God fearing. People smarter than me that that don't. Um, We don't know when Christ will appear, uh, but it's imperative that we be ready. Amen. You know, I I tell you this: the scariest place you could be as a believer is to be walking in sin right now. And I'm not saying that you got to be sinless because none of us are. Amen. I mean, we gotta. That's why we talk about keeping your list short. You need to be. You need to be prayed up, you need to continually be prayed up, and even Lord, help me with stuff I don't even know I did. Lord show me the things I've done. Help me to, to, to keep my relationship right with you. I don't want anything standing between you and me, but I' tell you what I don't want to have. I don't want to have a habitual sin. I don't want to have an open, flagrant sin in my life that's unrepentant, and the Lord come back. As a believer, can, just just that quick. How many of you have ever got caught in something? Anybody? Anybody there ever been caught? What's the feeling the instant, the instant you get caught? Regret, Regret right? So, you know, you're going down the interstate, and the red, blue lights come on? What's the... Man, it is. I knew it. I knew it. I almost went through a light today. I, not on purpose, but I almost went through a light, And uh, but I, but I, I just... I stopped, and and then and then my phone says, "Traffic camera ahead." As, as I stop, I'm like, "Man, thanks a lot. I would have been way through there. Uh, thanks for warning me ahead of time." But I think the Lord warned me ahead of time, and uh, said, "Slow down." There's a light up here. But the the instant, folks, the instant, the instant, the Lord comes back, I I, I think I think there's gonna. I, People say, you know, when we stand before the Lord, the judgment seat of Christ. I think there will be. There's going to be tons of regret. That's why there's going to come time when the Lord wipes away every tear, because we're going to we're going to stand before the Lord and we're going to give an account and we're going to regret that we didn't do more. I don't think there's a single person on the on on the other side of eternity. Now, there's not a single person who's going on to be with the Lord that right now wouldn't say, you know. I really wish I hadn't done so much. I really wish I'd have done a little more for me. I really wish I'd have just focused on, on, on my career a little more. No, I, I, all of us are going to say, man, I wish, I wish I'd wish i have been wholehearted in with God, even if it meant my head being cut off. Now, does that, how do we get to that place? I don't know. If I knew that, it'd be, that'd be a wonderful thing if we could figure out how to get there. Folks, each one of us have to get to that place where we totally submitted to the Lord and we get rid of the junk that's in our lives and we truly live holy lives. Man, we live truly holy lives. It can shake up a community. We want revival in America. You know, again, revival starts right here. Starts right here. When I get my heart right, and, 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 man, what if we, if we had a church here, First Baptist Geneva, full of folks who were just walking hand in hand with God, I mean close with God, not just seasoning their lives with God. But we were really, really, really fully submitted and committed to Him in every area of our life. Man, we could shake up this part of our, our state, this part of our county. We could shake it up. But it takes us totally being committed to Him. In Daniel chapter 12, verse 4, the prophet was told to seal up the book. John, on the other hand, was commanded not to seal the book because the time is at hand. Uh, it's imminent. It's imminent. It can happen anytime. time. Verse 11 is not an enticement for sinners to remain unchanged. Verse 11, look back at that as you read that. He who is unjust, let him uh, be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. Uh, So it's not an enticement for sinners to remain unchanged, otherwise the invitation that we see in chapter 17, or in verse 17, would be mockery, and in 17, then the Spirit and the bride say, come. The Spirit and the bride say, come. There's an invitation there to come, for them to get right with the Lord. And so if he's saying, you know, remain a sinner, you're a sinner, you remain a sinner, you be unchanged, um... The wicked are going to do wicked things, right? That's what Daniel 12, 10 says. The wicked shall do wickedly. And here's the thing. When, when Christ comes, our true character will be revealed. Okay? So, you, you know, sometimes we wear masks. Anybody? Anybody? Y'all know what I'm talking about? So, how you doing? i oh, doing good. Doing great. And I'm not. Anybody do that? You don't have to raise your hand. I'll raise, my, I'll raise mine for you. We do that. Sometimes things aren't great. A few of you figured me out. I don't know if Brent's, I think Brent's figured me out. I think even Henry's figured me out. But I don't, I don't hide stuff real well. If I got stuff going on, it, where does it show up, Brent? Right there. And, and uh, so I don't I don't go with wearing masks. I don't. I don't. I don't hide things well. So if there's stuff going on or frustration or 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 whatever it is, it, it's it's right there. But a lot of times we try to we try to cover that up. There won't be any masks. There won't be any masks when the Lord returns. Won't be playing any more games. Won't be any deceit. Won't be any lies. Won't be any deception. Won't be any of that. In church, you know there are people. Now I don't know about here. I don't know about here. But there are people in churches that are lost the ball in high grass. And playing church, playing church. I'm all a ball, a ball in high grass. Oh, you're so funny. <laughs> I'm glad you're there to interpret. Good thing we've studied tongues out too, so we're not inappropriate here. We have to for her all the time. Oh, oh, I said that, and she looked over. and She said, "What did he say?" <laughs> Yeah, all the Irish are going to hell. That's what she thought I said last week. So, so there are people in church, though, that are lost, but they're playing games. And, and they put on this front about how, how spiritual are. You know the pastors that do that? Pastors that, I mean, they do. It's just people, folks. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just a people, right? I'm just a people. And uh, I, I've got a different call in my life than some others. But I'm just people. I have a sin nature. I struggle with things. But I'm going to tell you, my desire is to honor God with my life. No lies. No more games. The Lord will see through it all. At all just that quick That's over. Another lesson from this verse is that people make their own decisions. God does not force them to be either wicked or righteous. You can look at uh, verses 20, uh, chapter 21, verse 8. Compare it with, uh, with Revelation 22, 15, verse 21, chapter 21, verse 8 says, But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake, which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Twenty two fifteen, 15, but outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. Uh, a lie. A lie. All liars... All liars go to hell. <laughs> the final verse of this book presents a plea, a prayer, and a promise in, verses, uh, in verse 12, uh, 7 and 12. And then actually in verse 20 also, the Lord has said this is, I am coming quickly. He has told us, I'm coming quickly. Um, but in, in verse 17, the spirit and the bride say, come, come. That's the, the call. The Spirit prays through the church for the return of the Savior. The lost soul is invited to come and drink of the water of life. There's an invitation right there to the lost soul. Let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. There's an invitation there. It's an invitation that, like the young boy that talked with the older, the the child that talked with the lady lady on her deathbed, and one or two, the Lord. Look, folks, tell them there's... Man, you know what we are? We're, just, we're all just, we're, we're, what is it? We're all the blind. It's the old story about the blind guy that the Lord healed, and the next thing you know, you see him out and he's leading all these blind people. You know what he was? He's just a blind guy that was healed who's leading all these other blind people to the one who can give him sight. That's what we ought to be doing. We ought to be leading lost people to the Lord. Every, every opportunity, every chance we get, we should be talking about the Lord. That's a great opportunity you have and to take that advantage and, and, you know, expand and tell them. Tell them, why is that? Why is that? Because, well, that's because Jesus died and He rose again on, on Easter morning. That the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, who I've put my faith in, He's my Savior. It's a great opportunity and taking that opportunity to testify that way and share. Because they know they know where you are now. You never know. Somebody run into trouble. Somebody that was in that room heard that. They may come to you one day. And go, you know what? I know you're a Christian. I know, remember what you said that day. I need some help. The last prayer in the Bible is that of the Holy Spirit through John saying, even so come Lord Jesus. And that ought to be our prayer every day. Amen. I'm ready for the Lord's return. Ready for the Lord's return. Okay. Um, I, I'm real quick because we're about out of time. There's a warning found there in 18 and 19 about about changing the, the scriptures, taking from or adding to this book. And it's not just found in Revelation. There's a strong revelation. Uh, there's a warning here about changing the prophecy in Revelation. But Deuteronomy 4.2 says, You shall not add to the word which I command you nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which, uh, which I command you. Proverbs 30, verse 5 says, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in Him. Do not add to His word, lest He rebuke you, and you be found a liar. And don't add to His word. Don't take away from His word. There's, there's a tendency... And folks, I'll tell you, you know, be careful with your translations, your Bible translations. Be careful. Investigate who wrote them, who, who did those translations... Because there are groups out there who are liberal groups who have taken a lot of things out of Scripture that should not be taken out. In fact, none of it should be taken out. There's, there's guys that, There are groups that are changing the Scriptures. And so be very, very careful uh, what you're reading. Be careful what you're reading, okay? So there's the warnings given. Even so, come Lord Jesus. End of verse 20, chapter 22, end of the book. Lot there. We could just start over and work through it again. It's a lot there. All right, two minutes. Um, next week, like I said, I think I'm going to pull Raymond's white.